0: And every time you go to court, I never forget, I always remember we have to stand. We first of all, we sit we sit there for a long time. It's like going to a doctor's office or any place else. So you sit for a long time until they finally decide, "Okay, we're going to deal with you now." And so here comes the honorable, whoever the honorable is, and they say, "All rise!" And guess what you do? Uh yeah, cuz if you don't, they they have sheriff officers they have all kind of officers that they will lead you outside because you better stand for the honorable, whoever that man that make mistake that can't save you is. So when I when when you ask me to stand in church for the reading of the word, that's just easy. I start you know my mind just calculate everything, and so as soon as you say stand, and you know when I was new in church, why why they want us to stand? And then you know finally when I realized why they want us to stand, that was easy comparison once I said, well yeah, I stand for. Stuff way less than this, so let me stand for this. So I appreciate you standing. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Anybody gonna preach with me today? Those that know how to preach, preach with me. Amen. Those of you that know about the Lord, will you help me this morning? I believe God wants to do something, but we need your help. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. The word of the Lord says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Man, that just... Ah, woo. That's why we hear this. Okay, I'll read it one more time. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation... He that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Some good stuff right there. There's two passages of scriptures. Jesus, your word is already settled. Your word is true because you are true. You are the only truth because you are the truth. You are the way, you are the life, you are the unsearchable God, you are the most high God, you are the omnipotent God, the omnipresent God, the omniscient God. We humble ourselves this morning under the power and the authority of the Almighty God, Jesus Christ, and we ask that you do just what you please. For God, we are endeavoring to obey and do what you ask us to do today because we know you know what's best for us and you want what's best for us. And we know, Lord God, that what you will do in us, for us, and through us will be the very best. Lord, have your way today. I pray that your spirit, Lord Jesus, will be manifested and so it will move upon every one of us to the place where we can be obedient and receptive and responsive to the Word of God, to the Spirit of God, for the will of God to be done in our lives. We thank you this morning. Lord, let not man walk out of this place today without something being different, without something happening deep down in their soul that they will be transformed, that they will be delivered. That they will be healed, that they will be restored, that they will be renewed, that they will be saved. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Today, I want to preach the word of the Lord to you entitled the nation of god the nation of god the nation of god most of us are partial to where we were born and raised it's probably the most special and or meaningful place on earth to you you love the culture you don't like for anyone to speak bad about the place where you were born and raised. Uh huh. You are partial to that place. It may not even be recognized by the rest of the world as a great place and as a great culture. But to you, it is the best place, the greatest place in the world and you're partial to it because that's where you were born and raised you should be anyway and so we have so many people here this morning that 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 are from so many different places from around the world and you're partial to that place because you're saying i remember being born in that place i remember growing up in that place i remember things about that place I always think about there is there is there is no place quite like where I knew I was born and raised there's no place quite like Jamaica to me there's no place like it and and it's I know it's not the greatest place in the world. I know everything about it is not the greatest, but there is no place like it to me and 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 when i 'm going to Jamaica when i 'm going back and i and and I get on a plane and everything is all fine, but as soon as we start. Hovering around normal manly airport. Start hovering. Man, something just wash over me. I don't know what it is. I just, something just get a hold of me to say, this is where you're from. This is where you were born. This is where you were raised. And so when that plane touched, I just feel like there is just something about it. Can't help it. I can't even control what's happening, what's happening within me when that happens. There are people that's from Jamaica and they're from the other side, they fly into the other airport called Sanksta. It's not the same landing in that airport. No, no offense, no offense, no offense. I wasn't from there, so it's not the same. I was born and raised in Kingston. And so when that plane land in Kingston, it's different for me. For other people, when it's land in Sanxta in Montego Bay, it's different for them. I hear you. Nothing wrong with it. For some people, when that, when that, when that plane land in wherever your city, whatever city you were born and raised, whatever the city is in Nigeria, whatever the city is in the US, uh, whatever the city is in Trinidad, wherever the city is from where you were born, when that plane lands there, you said, my God, it's good to be home. You're partial to that place. Doesn't matter what anybody says. I laugh all the time about my little country, that the the, population is about 2.6 million. And for the life of me, I don't understand how that little country with a population of 2.6 million had that kind of influence in the world. I think my country is the greatest country in the world. But I want you all to think wherever you're from, that's the greatest country in the world. Because we're partial to it. It's where we, we, when we came out of the womb, that's where we started. That's, that, that was everything to us. That's, that's where you learn things. That's, that's when you learn about culture. That's when you learn about how to live your life in that place where you were born. What does it mean to be partial? To be partial to or partial towards someone or something is to be somewhat biased. Or prejudice, so now you know your prejudice. <laughs> you don't want to admit to it, but I just I just gave you the truth about it, which means that a person who is partial really only sees part of the whole picture. When we say we're partial, or just even if we don't say it, but we live a life of partiality, always showing partiality towards something or someone, it means we're only seeing a part. This is why you can think your country's the greatest in the world, because that's the only country you ever saw. And so you thought that was the greatest thing in the world. You didn't see the world. So we're partial. We have Prejudice built inside of us because it's how we are. Listen to some words that will describe being partial, limited, one-sided, unfair, part, imperfect, sectional, partisan, fractional, fragmentary. Halfway. Unfinished. I didn't know this was a word, but it's a word. Uncompleted. Discriminatory. Jaundice. Predisposed. Those are words that when we are partial is it's 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 in us. It's it's, it's 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 a behavior that that works through us. Those words confirm our behavior. As a matter of fact, in James chapter 2, we will find some other uh, teaching that tells us about who we really are. James chapter 2 verse 2 says, For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile remnant, and ye have respect, to him that weareth the gay clothing and say unto him, Sit thou here in, good, in, in, in a good place and say to the poor, Stand thou there or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? We are a people that demonstrate partiality. All the time. In other words, we are respecter of people. Uh huh. In other words, we, we, we have respect for some, but not for all. And we live our lives respecting some, usually people we can identify with. So I respect you. I, I I I think well of you because I understand you. Because usually we have those respect and thoughts towards people because we can identify with them. There's something in you that is the same that's inside of them. And so we can identify. So we have respect unto them. But God is no respect of person that's what the Bible says he is no respect of person he's not partial God is impartial. God is no respect of person. You can't come to God and try to entice Him because uh, there was something good about you uh, that you want to let Him know well look what I did God. Uh, Hear me today. Uh, A lot of times we're trying to put on uh, what's good about it and what we can do uh, to get people on our side. Uh, When I'm here to tell you today uh, God is the one we need to get on our side. Uh, Whatever we do we ought to do it to to say God I'm trying to please you. Uh, Whatever we say it. we ought to say it because I'm saying, God, I am trying to please you. And so, God is not partial. God is not biased. God is no respect of persons. I tell you, every time I think about it, that, that, that God is impartial and that God is not biased. I, I I I worry about the children of Israel when you read in the Bible because they wanted him to be partial. They wanted him to be respect of persons. They wanted him to be biased and when he wasn't, they rejected him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think we do that now today. God, don't you see what I'm going through and you didn't do anything? It's kind of the same thing. So when God don't do what you feel like God need to do, you got a problem with God. What's the sense of me going to church? What's the sense of me serving that God? He ain't doing what I want him to do. Church, hear me. The reason why he's God is because he knows everything. The reason why he's God is because he's all powerful. Whether he do or he doesn't, it's for your best. Whether he talks to you or he doesn't talk to you, it's for your best. What he's asking you to do is to trust him, the creative one. He's the one that created all things. He's saying, trust me, because I created you. He's saying, trust me, because I know you. He's saying, trust me, because I know everything. He's saying, trust me, because I got what's best interest for you. Trust me, is what he's saying. And knowing God just a little bit that I know God, I think sometimes He does not respond. He does not do things because He's asking you to trust Him. And how will you ever trust Him? Only when it's going good. Right? We want, we, really and truly, if we'll, we would be honest with ourselves, we want every time we talk to God for Him to respond. We, we want every time we reach out to God for Him to respond. But if every time you reach out, God does something for you, how will you ever trust Him? You'll just be like a baby. Always wanting Him to do. As a matter of fact, making Him slave to you. We don't realize if God operated the way we wanted Him to, He would just be like a slave to us. So God is not partial. God is not biased and God is no respect of person. He's not treating somebody better than you. He's not doing somebody well and not do you well. God is no respect of persons. Romans chapter 2 verse 11 says, for there is no respect of persons with God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 8 and 9, the Bible says in 8, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Can I say that to you one more time? Knowing that whatsoever good thing. Somebody say good thing. If you do a good thing, it says any man. It didn't say saved man. It didn't say unsaved man. It didn't say church man. It didn't say any kind of man. It says As any man, so whatever good thing any man does, the same shall he receive of who? Not man, of the Lord, whether he is a Christian or he's not a Christian. God already put that in place. God put in place, say, if you do good, I will make sure I do good to you. So there are people that's not even Christians. These are some of the questions. Sometimes we don't really realize what's going on and we get confused because we're not understanding what's happening. People that could be evil and do an evil thing, the good that they do, God will do good to them. That's hard for you to believe. It's okay. You're not God. He knows everything. And what he's saying is, don't you want, the more I learn about God, the more I take my eyes off people. And put my eyes on Him. The more I learn about Him, I understand. I'm not going to worry about your actions. I'm not going to worry about what you're doing. I just want to be in tune with Him and what He is doing because He knows everything. Uh Uh-huh. You don't want to put your eyes on people because you will get confused sometimes. Because you will know That person, they are almost like the devil. How can any good happen to them? Well, you're not always with them and you don't know when they did good. And the Bible just letting us know that when you do good, any man do good. You don't have to be a Christian. Any man do good, good will come back to him by the Lord. Not by people, by the Lord. Now, don't get that twisted, Will, thinking that here's where we get it twisted. We think because that happens then we're good with God. No, that's how awesome and just, just magnificent he is. That he can understand that you're not saved and you're not living the way you should live to be saved and you're not in the kingdom of God. But he's already put his word out to say, if you do good, no matter what, he will do good to you. He can't change that. So we can't get confused to say, oh, man, me and God is good because I did this and look, is what, look look what is happening to me. Yeah, that don't mean a whole lot. Because the, 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 the more you live for God, the more you realize material things and all that stuff, not that important. Verse 9 says, and ye masters... Do the same thing unto them, forbearing threatening, knowing that your master also in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. I'm just trying to tell you that God is not partial. God is no respect of persons. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto man. Can we get over that? Can 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 we today start to say, God, I'm living my life unto you because you're the only one that can, can reward my life to the point where I can receive blessings. You're the only one that can reward my life to make my life better. And so it's you that I do whatever I do unto and not anyone else. That's hard. I only got two amens out of that one. Because, because if we're being honest with ourselves, that the human part of us just just kind of takes over instead of the godly part, and so the human part always try to impress others. The human part always wants to be recognized by others. The human part is saying, "Look at me!" And so, whatever we do, we're doing it to get some kind of uh, admiration or uh, uh, accolation uh, from from people to say, "Look at me." But the Bible says, whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Uh huh. So when you come out of your house, I gotta make, I, I gotta make examples. So when you come out of your house and you know there's a mean neighbor across the street. Anybody got a mean neighbor across the street? They never seem to want to smile, never want to talk to anybody. Got a mean neighbor across the street? Listen. So, so, so when you come out of your house and you see the mean neighbor, smile and wave your hand. Smile and say good morning. Smile and say good afternoon. Smile and say good evening. And you're not being a hypocrite. What you're saying is, I want to please God. I want to make sure God knows I'm striving to please Him. Uh huh. That's how we do it. And for those of us that's in church, that's a part of God's kingdom, Please, do what you do to impress Jesus. Yeah, don't get quiet now. Do what you do to impress Jesus. You're not doing, the folks over here that sings, I hope they're singing for the glory of God, not for you all. Can I tell you a secret? If the preacher preached for y'all, he'd be a discouraged dude. I'm just telling you. Because sometimes the preacher preaching his heart out and y'all looking like, are you finished? Preacher preaching his heart out and y'all looking like, is that all? Preacher preaching his heart out and like, you ain't really saying nothing. Preacher preaching his heart out and you still just in your seat like, come on, man. I'm just telling you. If the preacher preach for you all, the preacher will stop preaching. If the preacher is trying to be a pastor because of people, he's trying to impress people, he'll stop pastoring. So, I say that to say, everyone in God's kingdom that's doing something for God, make sure you're doing it unto the Lord. Hopefully the food you made today, you made it to say, oh my goodness, I want people to taste this and taste how good it is because I want their life to be fulfilled. I want them to be blessed from eating my food. You did it unto the Lord. Everything we do. Josiah played like he played unto the Lord this morning. Yeah, yeah. Let me let a kid out the bag real quick Where I go. I, I couldn't help this one. I think he knew I was going to let this cat out the bag. So I pulled up this morning and I'm walking in the building. And usually I walk around the building and come in this way. I see Brother Jermaine pulled in, got out his car, nice car. Got out his nice car, and walking towards the building. In my mind, I said, he got the time messed up. But he strut anyway. And so while I was walking in, I saw him coming back, walking towards his car. Oh, I'm not going anywhere. I said, you got the time messed up, huh? He said, yeah. (laughs) But Jermaine, I got to tell you the Lord was pulling on your heart this morning to be in the house of the God. And whenever it's about the Lord, it's it's just different when you do things unto the Lord. You came to church for Jesus this morning. You wouldn't come to church because of anything. It was the Lord working in your heart and you wanted to get here that you overlooked the time. When you do it unto the Lord, it's different. I don't want to mess with some of you, but today you cooked so I'm not so it's okay so everybody that cooked today it didn't matter what time you came in because you were cooking yesterday and this morning had to prepare so it didn't matter but when you don't have to cook how do you get motivated to come to church what what moves you to come to church And why do you come to church? Do you come to church because you need something to change in your life? Do you come to church because you want to worship God? Do you come to church because you just want to see people and say hello? Or we come to church to please God. Remember I told you, when you come to church, listen, when I say this, I'm trying, I I, I want everybody to understand this. I understand that everybody in their journey in Christ are in a different place, different levels. So just understand that I understand that when I'm saying that. Okay, I'm not saying that you should be doing as it should be, because all of us are in different places and stages of our journey in Christ. So some people um, are further along than others, and some people are doing, doing things a little bit different. But, but, but but if you're in this thing and you're trying to really get there, you, you, you got to get to a place where you're coming because you're coming to please God. You're coming because you're doing it unto the Lord. You're coming because you want to you, you be developed in, in what God wants you to be so you can really do something that will help the kingdom of God be advanced. And so in 24 in Colossians chapter 3 says, knowing that of the Lord, ye shall receive. Listen to this. Knowing that of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive the wrong which had also been done to him. So you see how it work. You see how the Lord can 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 squarely say, I'm no respect of person because he will do good unto them that do good. And he will do bad unto them that do bad. Why? Because he has to keep the word that says we will reap. His word can't be changed. It cannot be broken. So if he says, if you do good, I will do good unto you, it also means, if you do evil, evil will be done unto you. Yes. And there is no respect of persons. What he's saying is, preacher, you stand before the people, you speak my word to them, if you do wrong, Wrong is going to come to you. Uh Uh-huh. I don't care how much I read the word, how much I pray, whatever I do. If I do wrong, wrong got to come to me. That's his word, not mine. So he's letting everybody know he's no respecter of persons. Now you understand for some of you that you don't have to worry about talking about, man, that preacher, he this and he that. Because understand this, if he's this and he's that, God's going to take care of him. We don't have to worry about what people are doing wrong and they need to get it right. Why? Because God already said if they do right, he will make sure right come to them. If they do good, he will make sure good. If they do bad, bad is going to come to them. So we just got to remove ourselves from the equation now. I don't have to talk about what you're doing, and or not doing. And that's for anybody. I don't have to worry about it because God's got it all under control. If you want to do good, then God will allow good to come to you. If you want to do wrong, then wrong is going to have to come to you. So that removes all of us from the equation of trying to condemn each other or trying to talk about one another or trying to say who is right or who is wrong. It doesn't matter. God has all of that under control. God has called all people from every nation under heaven to be a nation. This is why we're talking about the nation of God of God. He's called all of us. He's chosen all of us to be a nation of God. One amen. All right. Acts chapter 10 verse 35 says, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. God is calling us to be a nation, church. He's calling us to be a nation of God. But it it, it requires some action. It requires our obedience to his word is how we will become a nation. It's amazing to me. I can go on and on about certain things, but let me stay within the Holy Ghost and lead me. It's amazing to me. Just take New Jersey for a second. won't even go all over the world. In order to exist and be in good standing in New Jersey, you have to follow the laws in New Jersey. If you're driving New Jersey and your license is suspended and the cops stop you, you're in trouble. Right? We've got laws, that, and, and, and they say New Jersey have stringent laws that we need to follow. Don't, don't they say that? And so people have moved out of New Jersey because they can't deal with the high insurance. They can't deal with taxes and all this stuff. But if you live here and you want to live here legally, you're going to have to follow these laws. Well, how do we want to become a nation of God and still follow the laws of the nation of man? Can somebody explain that to me? How do we suppose that we will become a nation of God, but we're going to take all of our laws and all of our guidelines and all of our culture and say, here, God, we're bringing it with us into your nation because we're going to make our nation. That's what we try to do. We try to make our nation God's nation. We try to say, "God accept us." We're going to make this our nation, not your nation. But we're talking about a nation of God. And so, when we come into the nation that God has called us into, we have to follow those guidelines. We have to follow those teachings. We have to follow those culture. We got to follow all that that nation say we must follow. There are some countries in this world you go and you can't even walk around in public and eat. Now go there and try to walk around public and see if you don't get arrested. So ask yourself, I I know I challenge you sometimes, most of the times. So ask yourself, how do we continue to exist as a people and say we are the nation of God, but we're doing whatever we want? Explain that. And then on top of it, you know, in order to ease our feelings, we said, well, God understands. Here is the secret about God understands. His word has preceded him. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. Nobody saw God in the beginning. All we know is the word was established from the beginning. So if the word was established from the beginning, then the bottom line is, it's the word that we need to follow. So we can't become a nation of God and do whatever we want. We have to obey the word of God. And for us to say God understand, what we're trying to say is God will accept this. Well, what God is saying, let me tell you what God will say, if he can say it the way I say it. Daryl, you know I love you, and you mean everything to me. You're the apple of my eye. But here it is, Daryl, I can't break my word because my word is already established my word preceded me it was established before y'all even knew who i was and so my word has gone before me before jesus was manifested his word was already established so he said my word has gone before me so as much as i love you to pieces as much as i love you with all my heart and everything i've got I can't change my word for you. So us walking around saying, God, understand, that's a lie that you choose to believe. It's not legit. God understands. We love to say that. No, he doesn't. He loves you. Don't get the two mixed up. He loves you dearly. He will do whatever he has to do to show his love to you, which he's already done, went on the cross. But he will continue to do things to show you his love. He can't change his word, though. So by you saying he understands, what you're saying is he's making an exception for you. God, don't make exceptions for anybody. And 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 maybe, maybe he's saying, I would love to, but I can't change my word. I can't break my word. It's already gone before me. It's established. So when we say God understands... No, no, no. He does not understand. All he understands is obedience to his word because that's what's important to him. Because he loves you so much, he knows when you obey his word, you will be free. When you obey his word, you will be saved. When you obey his word, your life will be so much better. So he says, every nation, he that feareth him. What does feareth God means? I'm I'm getting ready to get out your way. What does fearing God really means? He that feareth him. To fear God means to be in awe. I believe, there's a lot of things I tell you, there's a lot of things I minister about, but this is one of the things I believe is a missing factor in most Christian life. They don't fear God. They don't have the awe of God. How could I explain to you the awe of God? Um... um, For some people, 44 gave them the awe. And I understand. Because 44 was the first African-American president of the United States of America. So if 44 was the walk in the room, I know there's a lot of, especially African-Americans will say, Oh my goodness. 44. Because you're saying... Nobody has ever done what he has done. 44. I don't remember what number Reagan is, but he was another one when he walked in the room. Oh, awestruck. Even so many different presidents of our country, if they walk in, we're saying, oh my goodness. Because we have this awe. For some of you, it's your favorite athlete. This all. For some of you, it may be a millionaire. This all. For some of you, it may be a good looking man. For some of you, it may be a beautiful woman. This, oh my goodness. And we see it. You can just see the expression for, for, for some of the kids and some wrestler. Oh my goodness. Roman Reigns. I'm just saying. I'm trying to get you to understand that we don't have the all for God, and that's a missing component in our relationship with Christ. That's the missing component as children of God is that we don't have the all. And how dare us have the all for people that can't do anything for us and don't have the all for God that can do all things for us. I believe that thing. That's why it says that if we, if we fear him, if we fear him, we will begin to do things differently. The person that you reference the most, the person that you have the most awe for, whatever they tell you to do, you're going to go do it. Why do you think commercials cause them to make so much money? The people that you have this awe for, all they got to do is use them to make commercials. You got an awe for LeBron James. Let him have some sneakers and make commercial about it. And the sneakers can't even come on the shelves enough because you run out and buy them. We have an awe for all these things. No awe for Jesus Christ. No awe for him. I, I get worked up when I think about how we treat him and how he treats us. This, this thing is, is so old. When he came unto his own, his own received him not. Why are we as a people reject and not have the respect the, the the awe for the Lord as to who He is Where are we going to live our life to say oh my God He is so amazing He is so magnificent and wonderful oh I have this great reverence for Him because there is nobody like Him oh God help us today Oh God, help us today! I pray that we as a people as a church uh, will begin to have an awe for God and every time we come together there will be an awe that Jesus Christ is Lord uh, and that he's present among us uh, and all we have to do is lift our hands uh, and open up our mouths uh, and begin to worship him uh, and begin to adore him because he's ever present with us uh, and if we will just lift our hands uh, and acknowledge his presence uh, if we will open our mouths uh, and acknowledge his presence uh, and and say, God, I know you're here, because you're all present, everywhere, all at once, and so, God, I lift my hands, and I lift my voice to say, you are the true and living God, and great is the Lord, and there is none like you, and I adore you, and oh, God, there is none like you. Oh God, that's what God is looking for. I guarantee you there are some days that maybe God don't even want me to preach. Uh, but 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 if we don't entertain His presence, uh, then you're going to have to hear His word. Uh, Sometimes you can choose what you want that day. Uh, if you come in here and you decide, uh, I'm coming in to worship God. Uh, I'm coming in to praise God. Uh, I'm coming in to let Him know what I think about Him. Uh, and if we will lift our hands uh, and our hearts go out to Him uh, and we will begin to adore Him uh, and we will begin to praise Him and reverence him. I believe his presence will overshadow us. His power will be unleashed upon us and we will experience the supernatural greatness of God. But we come in and we don't want to be in awe and we don't want to recognize his presence and therefore we leave the same way we came in. But if we want to leave the house of God changed, if we want to leave the house of God delivered, if we want to leave the house of God set free, we just have to be in awe. We have to acknowledge that Jesus is present, uh, that His power is available, that He can do exceeding uh, and abundant, uh, above whatever we can ask or think. Uh, We just have to acknowledge Him. Uh, Oh, it's good to hear the Word of God, uh, but sometimes uh, I just want to get a touch from Him. Uh, Sometimes uh, I just want to experience His presence. Uh, Sometimes uh, I just want to be delivered uh, from bondage and sin. Uh, Sometimes uh, I just want to feel the liberty of God working in my life. Oh, oh, church, hear me this morning. We we can't just experience come just to always just 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 just, just hear the Word of God. I believe some of us in here have enough Word in us uh, that we we don't need the Word today, so to speak. Uh, I know you need the Word. Don't get me wrong, but what I'm saying is, uh, the Word that you came in here already knowing was sufficient to take you through the next day. Uh, but you still came anyway and thank God that you did. Uh, but what I'm saying is, uh, sometimes uh, we need the presence of God uh, to just wash over us. Uh, we need the presence of God uh, to overshadow us. Uh, we need to to experience a, a real encounter with God. Uh, because that's the only way change comes into your life. Yes. <sighs> yes. Uh, we want change to come into our life. But all we want to do, church... Can can we get to become the true church of God where we're, where, where we're not just waiting and always wanting God to do something? When we're going to we, we got to bring back that old thing that I talked about a few weeks ago, uh, that back in the day, people used to come and say, can I help you? Uh, back in the day, people used to come around uh, when you're trying to do something and says, do you need help? Uh, back in the day, people just show up uh, and just want to help. Uh, nowadays, uh, we don't show up and want to help. Uh, nowadays, if somebody don't give us something, we don't move. Uh, Nowadays, if it don't come to us, we don't move because it's a generation that we're dealing with. Our phone, we can sit on our phone all day and get everything we want. If I want something to eat, on my phone. If I want some furniture, on my phone. Whatever I want, I can sit in my house and just be on my phone. That's cool. That's cool. But hear me, you're letting that kind of behavior seep into your ways of serving God, oh God help me today, you're letting that creep into your life uh, and thinking that God need to come to you, Uh, God come to me Uh, God come work it out for me Uh, God come do this for me Uh, God come do that for me Uh, and that's not how it was Uh, they said if you seek Him uh, you will find Him Uh, seeking God, uh, takes some looking around Uh, seeking God uh, takes some moving uh, and looking uh, and calling on His name uh, not waiting for Him to come to you oh help me Jesus we got we got to start seeking God church we got to start seeking God we have to get back to all, to all. We, we have to get back to all. We have to honor God. We have to say when we come in this place, uh, I don't care if it's a fire station. I don't care if it's a room in the fire station. We gotta come in this room and say, uh, this is the house of God. Uh, don't you run around. Uh, don't you act crazy. We're here to worship God. Uh, this is holy ground. Uh, this is a sacred place. Uh, this is where we come to honor our King. Uh, and we need to treat it as such uh, because in every way we need to honor God. We just need to honor God. We need to show regard and consideration for him. He is the one we are to worship. And so when we say we fear God, this is what we do. And so it's many of us that are not fearing God. Because there's no honoring. There's no reverence. There's no, oh God, I know you're powerful. Hear me church, hear me. I'm I'm speaking because I feel the Holy Ghost. Don't take what God don't do that God don't care. God care, but God needs your buy-in. You need to buy in, not God. God don't have to prove anything else to us. He has proven much already. What he's trying to get you to do is to buy in. What I mean by that? To try. Him. And I feel strongly in the spirit that God is not moving on many of our parts because we're not trusting Him. And God won't move until we trust Him because He just don't... Listen to me, listen to me. We God just don't want to keep fixing problems and you keep living in sin. God don't want to keep fixing problems and you keep on struggling the same way. He don't just want to keep patching up. God wants you whole. God wants you holy. God wants you changed and transformed. And that's why He's not moving for the things you're asking because you won't trust Him then. I feel like I'm hearing the voice of God clearly in my head that He won't, that He's not doing because you won't trust Him. And not until you trust Him will He do. He cares too much for you. He loves you too much uh, to keep on. It's it's like us giving our kids stuff that that they don't deserve and keep giving them stuff that's going to just trip them up and make them messed up. Uh, It's like being rich and keep on giving your kid things. they just going to be spoiled and be brats. That's what we're looking for from God. For God to just keep on doing stuff. Keep on doing stuff. And all we would turn out to be is just spoiled brats. And never worship Him, and never serve Him, and never come to know Him, and then miss out on heaven. So God not interested in, in doing that for you. He's not interested in keep on doing things for you so you can stay lost. The nation of God. So if we fear Him, and we work righteousness, it says, "They that work it righteousness." It means that you're not righteous. As a matter of fact, we can't be righteous. We were never born righteous. Please, none of us in here, including myself, none of us are righteous. None of us have righteousness. The only way we ever become righteous is when we start obeying the word of Jesus Christ. That's the only way we become righteous. We can't be righteous on our own because we don't have righteousness in us. We were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We are ungodly, evil people. That's not the way it was supposed to be. When God created Adam and Eve, they were holy, righteous, divine, and everything. But then they allowed the devil to deceive them, and they sinned. And from that point on, every person that entered into this world, they were sinners. And so the bottom line is we're not righteous. But if we will obey God, we will follow his word, his teaching. Then we, through living out his word, become righteous. It's the only way. So when we fear God and we, we work righteousness, he will accept us. And so here... Five more minutes, and I'm done. So I didn't give, give you this scripture over here, Acts chapter 10, verse 36. I'm going to read this out to you because some of you may not have known the story that we were taking our text from today. But we were taking our text from Acts chapter 10, which is where cornelius got saved cornelius was a gentile and before that point no gentile was saved and so no gentile had received the revelation of jesus christ and gave their life to christ no gentile was only jews and samaritans at that time that received it and so now god was setting it up and he sent peter to minister to the what we call to cornelius and so peter was sent and now Peter had arrived and started ministering. Peter was the one that said to Cornelius, we know that God is no respecter of person. You know why Peter said it? Because Peter was biased. Peter was partial. He thought salvation was only for the Jews. So pick this up. Everybody in here, listen to me. If you have never given your life to God, if you have never been born again, the way that I'm getting ready to read it, then you need to redo what you said you did in order to be saved, because I'm giving you straight from the Bible. I'm not giving you what I'm not. I'm, I'm not telling you. I'm not giving you preacher speak. This is not preacher speak. So, so if this has not been done in your life, here it is now this way, because this is how the first Gentile, the first non-Jew, got saved. Thirty-six. the The word of the Lord says. The word which God, this is Peter preaching, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord. Anytime you see the scripture says Jesus Christ is Lord, you know what it's saying? It's saying Jesus Christ is God. In Hebrew, if you go back and study it out, Lord usually means Jehovah, the self-existent one, which means Jehovah in today's language. And the only self-existent one is almighty God. So when the Bible says Jesus is Lord, the Bible is telling you Jesus Christ who you see as a man is the almighty God. We'll keep on going. 37. The, the that word I say, ye know which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And we were witnesses of all things. This is Peter preaching to the Gentiles, the people that are not Jews. And we were and, and, and witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem who they slew and hang on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify. It is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. 43, to him give all the prophets witnesses or witness. That through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, talking about the Jews. And they of the circumcision, the Jews that got saved. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. Why were they astonished? As many as came with Peter, again, these saved Jews, because that on the Gentiles, people that weren't Jews, also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water, that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. The way out the Gentiles got saved, they understood that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. That's the first thing they needed to understand. The next thing they did was believe that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. As they believed that, what did I tell you? earlier i said if we will get back that all and really trust and believe him we will begin to see things and so when they believe that the spirit of god moved so powerfully on them that they received the spirit of god and how did we know how did peter know he saw and heard them speak with tongues and magnify god after that happened guess what they did they went to water and they got baptized and their sins was removed they didn't just get baptized in titles. You didn't read nothing there about Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You read the Bible yourself just now. It says that, and they were baptized in the name of the Lord. What's the name of the Lord? If you have not had that experience, I don't, I'm not going to say it that way. It doesn't matter what other experience you've had or who have told you what and what you have believed. Go back to them. If you don't trust what I'm saying here and what the Bible says, go back to who helped you get saved and ask them to show you in the Bible how they taught you to get saved. That's how serious I am about this stuff. If you don't feel like this, what you just read wasn't the right thing, wherever you got saved, if you you are sincere, wherever you got saved, go back to them. Forget about what I said this morning. Just write it down and hold on to it. Put it in your pocketbook and put it in your pocket. And go back to them and say, "Hey, I remember you baptized me some years ago. Can where did you come up with how you did it? Where in the scripture did it did it show you um, that what you did for me was the way it was supposed to go? Can you show me the scripture? Do me a favor and do yourself a favor and do that if you have not done what we just read. Keep this." And if they can't show you, show them this and say, well, what about this that the scripture is saying? And when they say to you, well, you say, well, because you just read it for yourself. This is what some churches don't do. I'm not going to get up here and preach. What, 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 what um, Mama Sharp says. I preach. I, I teach, preach. But I'm not gonna get up here and and give you all of the huh, huh, yes, God is good and don't give you no truth. He's a healer. Ha! Huh? I know he healed my body. Ha! Huh? I know he touched my mind. Ha! Huh? I know he saved me right on time. Tell him to show you the Bible. I'm not into that. And, and and to be honest with you, it's sound good when you save. You can just like, yeah, go ahead and preach. When you save and got the truth. But if I ain't saving, and have the truth, I don't want to hear that. I need to know how to get my life right. Stop telling me all this stuff and I don't know how to get it. I'm telling you what the scripture says, how to get it right. Not to make you feel good. And if you trust God, you will know if you follow God that most of the times when you feel good, it ain't right. When God speaks to your heart, you become uncomfortable in that seat, You're like, Ugh. When God speaks to you, you don't want to hear. It. When God speaks to you, you can't say Amen. When God speaks to you, you ain't saying Amen. So I just gave you a little secret. If you want to try to fool me, you can't. You can fool me, but you can't fool God. So, so, so when the preacher preaching and I start preaching, and I only get one or two Amen, I know all of you just got hit hard with the word. I told y'all my secret. When I wasn't the pastor of the church and I was in the church and I always sat in the front, right? When he preached and it hit me, I got up and said, preach it, preach you're preaching! So you won't know it was hitting me. That's what I did. Now y'all, y'all sit back and I just read y'all homebill. I said, mm-hmm, God just hit them hard. Because you sit there, you can barely groan, you can barely get it. Uh, amen. Because it hit you hard. So you want to fool me next time? Just say, yes, sir, please, preacher. I mean, the Lord knows that he's hitting you, but I may not know. The nation of God. Here's the closing, two closing scriptures, and we bring it home here. First Peter chapter two, verse nine says this. You want to hear this. I've been, I've been telling you other stuff that you didn't want to hear. But you want to hear this now. The Bible says in First Peter 2 and 9. But ye are a chosen generation. So all that stuff we just read about the revelation of who God is. All that stuff we just read about, about receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized in the name of Jesus. All that stuff we just read. If you will do that, this is what you will be called. If you do all of what we just read in the book of Acts, from chapter 10 from 36 to 47, if you do all of that, here is what God will say to you. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy. He calls you a holy nation. This is why I'm preaching this morning the nation of God. Because the nation of God is holy. The nation of God is righteous. The nation of God is powerful. The nation of God is a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. And a peculiar people. Special people. Distinguished people. Another issue. Man, y'all gotta come back next week. But, but, but here it is. Peculiar people. It means you're distinguished from everyone else. Church, why don't we want to be distinguished from the rest of the world? Some stuff is just so simple. I don't know why we struggle with it if we really want. If we're sincere about living for God, if we're sincere about living for God, why we struggle with certain things? When the, when when God says, "You are a peculiar people. You become my nation of people. It means that you're different. When people see you, they're gonna wonder, like, what's up with her? What's up with him? Cause God made you peculiar, different, distinguished." Ugh. That we should show forth praise of him who had called us. God is calling everybody, but only some is coming. God is calling everybody, but only some is coming. Who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know what darkness means? Sin and ignorance. Darkness means sin and ignorance. The word of God says, He's calling you out of. So if you haven't been born again and enter into the nation of God, I'm not saying it. The word of God is saying it. You're in darkness and ignorance. But the good news is God is saying, come out of here. Come out of here. I can't pull you out because if I pull you out and you don't want to come out, you're just going to flash me off and go back in. So that's why he's calling you out. He's not dragging you out. We want God to drag us out. You Can you imagine if God dragged us out of where we are? We'll just turn back around and go back. But if he says, come here, we have the choice to either come or stay where we are. He's calling you out of darkness into his marvelous light, salvation, and intelligence, and revelation. He's calling you into a better life, into a holy nation, the nation of God. When you are born again, that's what happens. Which in time past were not a people. He's saying, before you become a nation unto me, it really wasn't really nothing going on for you. No. But are now a people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Revelation, stand with me. Revelation 5 and 9. The nation of God. Revelation 5 and 9. You know when we go to Revelation, we talk about the ending of stuff. Revelation 5 and 9 says this. And they sung a new song. Saying, thou art worthy to take the book. And to open the seals thereof. For thou was slain and has redeemed us to God. By the blood out of every kindred and tongue. And people and nation. So all the nations that are gathered here today, God says, I'm glad that you had your nation that you were born in and came from. But I'm calling all of you to come to be a nation unto me. All of you, doesn't matter what your background, where you were born, where you're from, I'm calling you from there to come and be a nation unto me. Remember this. As we close here, remember this: all of us that are from different places, and even those of us that are from the United States, we have a certain culture. We have a certain way of how we lived. That when people came around us, they were able to look and say, "Okay, so that's what that culture do." You go to Paris, you'll see they do things a little bit different. Dude ride bikes. They, they, some of the dudes ride bike in their suit to work in Paris. Got on a, a tailored suit, fitting right on a bike, riding to work. Why? Because the traffic and how things are, it's easier to do that. That's not normal to us. Right? You go to different places, people walk in some places in Africa, they will walk 10 and 15 miles to church. We don't do that in the United States. It's a culture. Why am I saying all this? Because when you become a nation of God, you are now introduced to a new culture. <laughs> new culture. And a new way of being. You can't be who you used to be. Before you entered. And become a part of the nation of God. The word of the Lord said. For thou was slain. And has redeemed. Us. When God redeemed you. You now live on his terms. And has made. Verse 10. And has made us unto God our God. And has made us. Unto our God, kings and priests. Don't that sound good? You become kings and priests when you answer the call and obey the word of God. But you'd rather be um, the other stuff? Or would you prefer to be kings and priests? And we shall reign on earth. We will be different kind of people if we will become a nation unto God. And not a nation of man and worry about that. God is calling us all to become a part of his kingdom, become a part of his nation. And today if you're here and you have not obeyed the plan of salvation for your life, you can come and we'll pray for you and we'll instruct you on how you must enter into the kingdom, the nation of God. If you need to give your life to God today, if you need God to be your king, to be your God. And you want to do it the right way, you can come today. You don't have to go through all the ceremonial things. But you can come and make arrangements to get it done. So if there's anyone here today that God spoke to your heart. And you're ready to become a part of the nation of God. There's only one way to do it. Please don't go with your tradition of all I got to do is believe. That's a whole different sermon there. I'm not going to get into that. I'm done preaching today. But if you're ready to give your life to God and become a nation of God, you can come. We'll pray for you. We'll give you instructions on what God will do for you and how you need to go about becoming part of his nation. Anyone. Hallelujah. Remember what I said. Mida, come on. Lift your hands like this. Let me pray for you, Mida. Point your hands towards Mida. I feel strongly about God doing something in her life. God is doing something in her life, and she's answering the call of God today. She came on her own. God called her, and she came. This is what it's all about. I can't make you come. You have to want to come. God can't make you come. You're going to have to want to come. But since she came, watch what God will do in her life. Father, in the name of Jesus. She belongs to you. Mighty, I'm praying God's protection over your life right now. As God makes you ready, as God prepares you, I pray God's protection over your life. I pray that no harm nor danger will come to you and that no weapon formed against you will prosper. That every weapon that is trying to destroy you, that is forming to destroy you, that God will destroy that weapon. And every individual that has set their mouth against you, God will turn that around. Father, today, I pray for deliverance. <laughs> I pray for deliverance. Ah, I pray, Lord God, that your hand will continue to be upon her and that you will keep her and that you will order her steps and that she will hear your voice. Mighty God will speak to you and continue to speak to you as you walk towards Him. Huh? Ah, don't let anything get in your way. God has got your best interests at heart. And there's nothing more important to God than your interests. Trust Him. Trust Him today. He will do what needs to be done. He will save you. And Midas, there are other people that's depending on what God will do in you. As God changed your life, as God move in your life, others will begin to experience a changed life as well. Lord, bless her and keep her. Will you let your face shine upon her and be gracious unto her? Lord, we pray your strength. We pray the Holy Ghost will overshadow her and the power of God will keep her. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. We give you honor and praise. We give you honor and praise. Might we're going to take some time after today once we end the service we're going to take some time and we'll instruct you on how you can get baptized for the remission of sins God's going to fill you with his spirit and you're going to walk in the power and the authority you will be a priest you will be a holy nation because God has spoken it and God has said it so in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus anyone else we came to eat drink and be merry Oh, here's another one. Indigo. It's one of those things where God wants to strengthen you, Indigo. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Indigo. I just got a little glimpse. I just got a little glimpse, Isaiah. She's going to be a servant in the house of God. Oh, Indigo, you don't understand what God is going to do in your life. He's going to use you to be a wonderful servant in His house. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your power will reign over her life and that you will be her shield and her buckler, her exceeding and great reward, and that no weapon formed against you will prosper as you prepare her to be your servant. Lord, I pray that you will hear And respond in obedience and submission. Lord Jesus, lead her in the path of righteousness. And oh God, remove every obstacle that will try to trip her up. Lord, every forces of evil that will try to come against her to stumble, her walk in you. I pray that you will defend and protect her. Have your way in her life. Have your way in her life. In the name of Jesus. In the go. We'll talk to you about how to get it right and how God will lead you. Uh, Anyone else before we close out today? Mom, coming to? In the name of Jesus. Listen, we came to eat, drink, and be merry and to celebrate Christ today. But make no mistake about it. This is the number one purpose. Everything else that we will do, God is pleased because it's according to His will. But the number one thing that He wants to do is to change lives, save people, and add them to the body of Christ. To make them kings and priests. That's what He wants to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch Miss Hasker today, Lord. Let the power of God overshadow her and let the will of God be done in her life. I pray that you will increase her faith. I pray that you will increase her faith. I pray that you will increase her faith and that you will order her steps. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray that you will lead her in the path of righteousness. And, oh my God, that she will know you. Will you reveal more of yourself to her? That she will know you and trust you and obey you and submit to you. Have your way in her life, Lord God. Have your way in her life, Almighty God. I thank you for saving her soul. I thank you, Lord God, for putting in her heart what she must do. That she answered the call to come. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Listen. In order to baptize you, we have to make sure we have the date clear for all of you. We would like to baptize all of you on the same day, if possible. So, we will try to schedule you on a day that works for all of you and all of us. And we'll get you baptized, have all your sins washed away. God's going to fill you with His Spirit. But God is working in hearts and minds today. Let him do what he's going to do. Let him do what he's going to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today for this service. We thank you for all that you've brought here and all that you've done in the hearts and minds of every person. Now, Lord, as we go from this portion of our service into fellowship and breaking up bread, will you keep your hand upon us? Will you allow your power to continue to reign in this place? And will you lead people, Lord God, in the path of